Welcome to the Comfortable in Chaos Podcast. Podcast. Strangle your demons and let's go. Y'all need Jesus! Comfortable in Chaos Podcast. I am your host, Eric Helberg. It is great to be back with you, man. We know we're like Einstein here. We have no special talents. We are just passionately curious, passionately curious about all things pertaining to men. How in the hell did we get here? And where is it that we want to go? Well, Let's go back. Like I've said many times, in order to go forward, we need to go backwards. And let's wrap up a couple of concepts. We talked about preparation, being prepared, and I posed that question. Would you rather have a fully functioning vessel, i.e. your body, step out of a decrepit automobile and or truck, Or would you rather have the vehicle of your dreams and step out of it in a broken body? That's kind of where we left. And, yeah, I like to be fit specifically just simply to perform. But perform in the the realm of shepherd and shield that you've heard me mention. That for my family and myself. Heck, we can even put a third S for a guy that uh, used to have speech class uh, for my, I would say, deficient S's. We'll add service. And in order to help others and to serve on top of the other requirements of your life, should you choose to do so, and I think at some point most of us are called to do that, it takes extra energy extra physicality and brain power. So you need to be fit for that. Shepherd and shield and service. We seem to have lost that in this country. We've lost it in our own individual communities. Everyone just solely cares about themselves. And that's a problem. That is a big problem. But going back to that preparation, I think you can avoid a lot of pitfalls and danger just simply by being aware. Obviously, you can put yourself in the wrong spots. And why would you want to contribute um, to your own demise? You really don't want to do that. Of course, in the zaniness of today's world, violence, malfeasance can come upon anyone at any time. So you have to keep a marked vigilance about you. You can simply be in some safer spots. But if you've been dumbed down and you're not quite paying attention, well, trouble can befall you there too. When we move it away from personal and person violence and we get into more specifically crimes of property per se, um, yeah, you do have bands of youth and bands of people that will go around and simply knock on doors, see if someone's not there. And if they determine that they're not, they go in and they take what they can and they move on. They do it multiple times a day. But even then, they leave a footprint. They're in a neighborhood. 
They're in a specific geographic area whereby someone should see them. However, if someone's not at home, the neighborhood isn't at home, and typically that's when they go. Someone comes in the day, uh, they typically don't mean you any harm. They just want some stuff. If they come in at night, that's a whole different animal right there that you also need to be prepared for. But I think you can go a long way with how you present your home, how you present where you live. I mean, we don't have any uh, grand fortification around here. We have a very simple fence. We have a gate, but we have three dogs. One's a pit bull Rhodesian Ridgeback mix. We have one of his offspring, his son. You heard that old episode of mine. Um, the mom was a mutt, so remember that episode, where in the hell do you come from? We really don't know what all that uh, that uh, son of our Rhodesian pit comes from. And then we have the full-blown pedigreed German Shepherd. Remember, my other two guys are more street savvy than my pedigreed pup. So, spit, spit, talk, talk. That right there, you have a fence, you have a gate. You have three dogs. That's your early warning system. That obviously provides a deterrent. Now, hardened people will come up, see how the animals approach them, et cetera, et cetera. But if that's just simply your first call, there's a little bit more hardy individuals that will take that time to prepare within these confines. And so that benefits us. Plus, we still have kids and we have active kids. And we make a point to play out. Now, we're not right on the road, but you can see us from the road. And we play out in the front yard. We grill out in the front yard. We have family gatherings out in the front yard. So bad guys typically don't want to go into the middle of activity. Moreover, we work out in the front yard. Yeah, I don't need to worry about how I look. I don't need a pair of short shorts. Um, have a set of high bars, parallel bars. I've got a couple of ropes. We jump around like monkeys. We move around with animal-style movements. We do all that crazy stuff. And if you've got a guy or guys that want to come and canvas this road, and yes, they have. Um, I, actually, I've caught a couple of them. I've confronted them. We sent them packing and on their way. Um, but when you see all that going on in the front yard, why would you go to that house, right? In their mind, it's a little bit crazy crazy. Yeah, I like Aerosmith. So these guys don't want to go where crazy is. So oftentimes you need to demonstrate a little bit of craziness and it will disperse the normal foe. Let's tie up the second concept. We were talking about those uh, esteemed and or culturally magnificent vehicles all these vehicles that society tells us that we need to attain. And you know what? Back when I was 40, 53 now, at that time, I thought I was at the height of my powers. Um, and those powers being the ability to do my job better than anyone else in the country. Was that self-acclaimed? No. I mean, that came from all my peers, that came from all my clients, and we were the smallest, well, we were the only family-owned company at that time, and the smallest 
asset recovery company at that time that competed against all the big forwarding companies, many of them incestuous with other lenders' portfolios, some of them even bankrolled by Wall Street money. I'm talking huge repo conglomerates. But we were the smallest ones that they allowed to go out and get their equipment. Why? Well, I mean, in essence, we were only as good as our last performance, our last repossession job. Is it any different anywhere else? I'm not sure, but that's what allowed us to compete by simply being better, simply taking more risks, simply doing the assignments that no one else could capitalize on. And I remember, yeah, I had some accounts I needed to clean up in Houston. But I was scheduled for an early morning flight to El Paso. I had a couple of fleets in El Paso that I needed to go take care of. So I had just repossessed these three purportedly very difficult freight liners to garner because they had run through a myriad of other recovery agents. They had got legal judgments conferred. However, they were totally ineffectual. This was a hardened guy. Did my background, talked to some people, found out where the equipment was, went in there and got it. Hell, by then I was repoing in nice clothes, man. I mean, kind of like business casual. Yeah, I'm going around taking equipment, working on equipment and, and clothes of that uh, of that ilk. So I felt pretty good about myself. I had just uh, sent a transporter with one of those tractors that was broke down. And I get into my Range Rover. Yeah, I went into that trucking yard in a Range Rover, a custom Range Rover at that. Yep, I had went out to California and placed an order with this guy who would take Range Rovers off lease, and he made them for everyone, like P. Diddy and all the big stars. And so I got this pearl white Range Rover. Yep. I'm telling you, it had 22s. I remember the tires, the rubber were Vredestein. I don't even know where that's made, somewhere in Europe. I can't even tell you what kind of wheels they were. They weren't too, um, what would you call them, blingy, but they looked really cool. Had Ferrari Monza exhaust in the back, carbon fiber before that was even a thing, Alcantara leather throughout. And dude, I just thought I was it. So I fire up the Range Rover. I lead that, you leave that yard, and I'm on my way to get to my hotel before I fly out from Hobby Airport early the next morning. Fire up a big stogie, open the sunroof. I'm letting that draft the smoke out. All of a sudden, man, this Dodge Dooley, and I was traveling, you know, 60 to 70 miles an hour. This Dodge Dooley just smacks me, man, on the left side. And I go into this like, I turn 180. I'm skidding down Interstate 45. I guess either the tires grab something. Next thing you know, I'm catapulted um, to the concrete barriers that partition off the HOV lane on 45. And all I remember saying is, because I was going at it at a high rate of speed, I'm talking head on, nothing I could do about it. Think Dale Earnhardt when he hit that wall. 
all the safety precautions in the world. I had none, but he died on that impact. And I just said, Jesus, save me. I don't remember seeing what came next. In fact, it was almost like I was blacked out. But that Range Rover got lifted. Two tires went up above that concrete barricade, and I went skidding down it on its side with the barricade underneath me between the four wheels. I could see the sparks flying everywhere. It was wild. I was lifted up, put on that barrier, sliding down. I credit the... Uh, the technology and the, the infrastructure of that uh, Range Rover. They are made very well. And of course, I credit the good Lord above. He always had his hand on me during that time. And so I came to a rest, um, jumped out, and of course didn't have my cigar anymore. And then I went to rescue the lady who had flipped several times after striking me. And had come to a rest upside down in that Dodge Ram. And that's that's a whole other story, how that went down. That actually happened several times, running back and forth across the interstates and smaller roads in America, whereby I had a chance to save some people. I may tell those stories. But long story short, as traffic came to a halt on Interstate 45, who appears out of nowhere but one of my towing buddies with Apple Towing. I'm walking along the barrier after I get this uh, young lady out and uh, get her to some people who can help. He's like, Eric, that was you? I'm like, yep, that was me, dude. And he's like, well, hey, uh, let me give you a ride. So a guardian angel right there. But you know what I should have been thinking then? I should have called my wife, told her what happened, and in fact, I did. And she basically begged me to come home. She's like, you don't know if your head's hurt, if you're hurt. But all I could think about was my own grandeur. I was drunk already with my reputation at being the best and performing. So guess what? Like nothing had happened, I got on a plane the next morning. I flew to El Paso cleaned house over there because I was going to show that client what a badass I was at the expense of myself and at the expense of my own family. But God started moving in my life a little bit at a time, really as much as I would allow Him. I still had my own self-distance. Remember, we've talked about it that self-importance, that ego. And until you relinquish that, how can you actually have a relationship with the Lord or your family? Thank God I was able to dissipate that over the years. It wasn't easy. It was not easy. And I've asked my wife to forgive me for acting in those ways. And you know what? She's right here looking after me. My kids are right here hugging and kissing me. But none of those asshole clients are. I did everything in the world for those people. And I wanted to. But they're not here with me now. Remember that, guys. Focus on what 
is important. And that really is do what you need to do to set yourself apart. In order to achieve, you have to be better. But to what degree? And who and what is it actually for? Ask yourselves these questions. I have no problem with someone being a badass. But save yourself and have a reserve for the ones that are allowing you to do it. Because if you're not willing to pay that price, which is singularity, instead of being a badass, you're just going to end up being an ass for those you love and who love you and all the rest of those around you. So until next time on the Comfortable and Chaos podcast, I bid you boin voyage, my burgeoning flock. Until next time, like and subscribe to the Comfortable and Chaos.